You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome in to another episode of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Brennan Chagru and Patrick Sheldon. It is a small crew, but it is a mighty crew. If you want to find Brennan Chagru on Twitter, you can find him at Brennan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. You can read him on The Bears Wire. He puts out some fantastic stuff. Patrick Sheldon, find him on Fansided on DeWinney City. Also fantastic stuff. Or you can find him at P underscore Shells. Boys, how are you? How's everything going? Sheldon, I, I, I miss you, dude. It's been a while. Yeah, and I missed you guys too. Um, I hate when I can't be here for a week because then I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, those are such great questions. I want to get in. I want to jump in. Like sometimes I'll find myself screaming at the uh, at the podcast in the car, trying to ask a question, realizing we're not recording. So uh, it's glad it's, I'm glad to be back with you guys. <laughs> you had some like very well deserved time off though. I mean, you you had a lot. There was you know stuff going on like sicknesses and everything, and obviously father of. Uh, many children. You deserved a day off, my friend. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad to hear that you know, was, at least you had a relaxing day. Uh, I appreciate that. It was nice. It was a nice day off with the family and the kids and uh, doing Father's Day stuff. So we took him to see Top Gun. Did it live up to the hype? Yeah, it was awesome. It was really okay. cool. Yeah. Right. I still have to see it. I, I know I, that I, I want to go see that one in the theaters, but with a one-year-old, that, that, that's almost impossible. It could be done. We did it. We took our eight-month-old and then our other two boys. And, okay. Uh, it he slept through the whole thing, so it, it worked out. That's you know what wonderful. I, you know what I've really found that I like doing in, in my old age of thirty one now. Sudoku. Just... <laughs> no, I hate Sudoku. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wordle. I do like Wordle. I don't post it every day. I think you know because nobody wants to see that. But I like going to movie theaters by myself. Same. It is yeah. so nice, and it I think nice. the, once you get older, like you realize you can do things by yourself. Okay. Like you can go to a movie theater, you can have a dinner or whatever, if you need to, especially when you're traveling. But I'd like, if I have a day off of work noon, I'm going to the movie theater. I'm getting a big old bucket of popcorn. I'm watching a movie and I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. It's a great call, dude. I, I, sometimes I'm like, I tell people they're like, wait, you went to the movie by yourself. I'm like, I want to talk to you. I want to watch the movie yeah. <laughs> with a big bucket of popcorn. Like, leave me alone. And you don't have to share that bucket of popcorn too. Because every time I go with somebody, I'm like, do you want something? And they're like, no, I'm good. And then I get the big bucket of popcorn for myself because I'm going to treat myself. And sure enough, <laughs> they're yourself. taking my popcorn. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> I actually got in a, real quickly, I got in a fight with my wife one time. She's not going to appreciate me telling this story, but... <laughs> We, uh, I got a bucket of popcorn and she started, started eating some. And I looked at her. I was like, I can get you some if you want. She's like, oh, sorry. Am I taking too much of the popcorn for you? And she got so mad. I was like, no. I was like, I'll just get more. It's fine. First date. 
with my wife, like the very first like official date, we go to an Italian restaurant. It's kind of one of these spots. It's like, it's a little bit of a hole in the wall, but it's just like, the food's fantastic. I'm like, whatever you do, get the baked spaghetti. And she's like, all right, maybe. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, get the baked spaghetti. I get the baked spaghetti and she goes, can I have some? And I was like, but why? Cause I told you to get this and you got something else. And so she's like, I don't, I didn't want to go on another date with you. Cause you were a total jerk. And I was like, <laughs> I told you, you get the baked spaghetti, like nothing else in the menu matters. Get it. It's, it's that friend's line. Joey doesn't share food. It may have been a test, Ryan. It may have been a, yeah, we're still married. So we got that going for us. <laughs> Guys, we could not be here without the tremendous support of our guy, Jeff Cadwalder. If you're thinking about buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area, there's only one person and one person only you need to talk to, and that's Jeff. Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties, he is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to help them get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. So make sure you contact Jeff today to learn more. Visit GenevaJeff.com or call or text him. We're giving out his phone number. Okay. Like give him a call or text. It's totally not weird. 630-254-4734. Jeff is going to hook you up and get you that house that you need or sell the house you're in. Hey friends, if you're taking out a date uh, for some baked spaghetti, or maybe you're just going to the movies by yourself and you want to look fresh and clean and need that fresh cut, there's only one place to go. And that's Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can visit Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 to book your appointment today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, everyone, we are so thrilled to introduce our guest. He is one of the best hosts at 670 The Score. He does the overnights. He's also the Bears reporter for 670 The Score and Odyssey. And on top of that, he's the sideline reporter for Bears games for WBBM. He's Illinois State's Hall of Famer. He's Mark Grody. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I don't want you guys to treat me any differently just because I'm a Hall of Famer. I understand the intimidation that HOF puts on one's name, but <laughs> I want you guys to calm, be relaxed, just be yourself. It's all good. I'll tell you if the, if there's a problem, okay? Everything's good, though. I'm definitely having one of those things because, you know, like everybody else in Chicagoland, I'm listening to 670 score and I, I know that voice. And now I'm putting a name with the, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a face with a name and right. it's, it's definitely getting me. So, so Mark, if you would, just tell us a little bit. You made the transition from Cubs to Bears. Can you maybe talk us to a little bit, like, what's the biggest difference, you know, between covering those two teams? And do you kind of have a preference one over the other? Yeah, I mean, I have learned that my preference is definitely covering the Bears. I mean, the biggest difference it's, uh, is that the covering football in general, and obviously we're just talking about the Bears here, is a it is once the season starts once July 26 hits it is a nine to five job for me it's Monday through Friday obviously there, there's um, weekend work well, I, I shouldn't say that it's pretty much Monday through there you know it's all seven days a week because of the games and the travel and all of that kind of stuff but it's it is conducive to having a lifestyle so I, I do prefer football and the way you know everything works timing wise better. The, the baseball was great, but it is an absolute grind. You know, it's a hundred, I covered 
uh, home and road, you know, same thing I'll do with the bears, but it is such a grind when half of your life is on the road. Every other week you're packing a bag and you're going somewhere, which is awesome. And it sucks all at the same time because it's cool because you get to go to all these cities. I was lucky enough to stay in all the, you know, team hotels and team buses and all that kind of stuff. So it was, the travel was sweet and the hotels were great and the track, I mean, I was on their damn charter. So it's like, I couldn't complain much about like that existence, but it did get to be a grind and it's every, it's every day, all day, nonstop. So I, while I love my three years with the Cubs, it was, you know, I, I would have to say in answering that question that covering, I do like covering football better than I did baseball. So Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. You've been doing this for about 21 years ish. Being, being, working yeah. in sports reporting. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's about right. Yeah. Cause I, I've, I've been in Chicago since, I guess, I think I started working full time at, at WBBM radios where I started full time. I think that was, I want to say that was like Oh two, like Oh two or Oh three. So that's about right. In terms of my full-time life in Chicago, I did have a previous life in central Illinois where I worked in, you know, Peoria and Springfield, Illinois and Lincoln, Illinois. So, and that was, you know, late, late nineties. So yeah. And some of that wasn't sports, but yeah, my full-time sports life has been, yeah, about since 2002. So, so Mark, I got to ask, like in a very volatile business, I mean, obviously you're a hall of famer, but I mean, like what's, how have you done this, man? It, it just, it's, it's just seems like this is such a cutthroat business and you've had a tremendous amount of well-earned success throughout your time. Do you, do you have a trick to it? Yeah, I suck up a lot. I suck <laughs> up to whoever I need to. Um, I take losses out for dinner. Uh, my fellow, you know, work coworkers hate me. So yeah, that's what I do. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I think like when you get into this business, it's, like you're like the goal is to get that first full-time job because that's, that's where the, you know, the, the figuratively, and I guess literally too, that's where the, that's the money. That's where you want to be. If you if your goal is to be in radio or television, you want to be a full-time fully insured employee. And it ain't easy because obviously a market like this, it is very tough to crack, especially you can get in, but like the full timeness of it is very tough. So there is all of that, like that work that one does to become full. Like I could say, I did a lot of work to become full time and to work my way up. And, you know, th that's half the battle. Then it, then it is keeping it. And there's a lot of things that are not under your control. You know, there are, there are management changes, there are ownership changes, like the company that I work for, it's on its third different, you know, I, when I first was hired, it was CBS radio, then it was Entercom, and now it's Odyssey. So when, and Entercom and Odyssey are essentially the same companies, but there's so many things that are out of your control that that some some bit of it, it there is a luck element to it. Like if you like talking about me specifically, like there is some of that right place, right time, right people, the right people like me because it's so subjective. I mean, you know what you can you know lose your gig because somebody doesn't like the way you sound or they don't like your opinions or they just like somebody else better. So I, I take my job like it's it's sort of like for better, or for worse. It's the most important thing in my life. You know, it's so I, I cherish it and I take care of it. 
um, the way somebody would take care of uh, their wife or their kids or whatever, you know? So at this point in my life, I don't have that. So I've always taken very good care of it. Um, And then, you know, you got to be good enough too. you know, that's like, you got to have a little bit of luck, a little bit of talent and, you know, right place, right time. So there's really no great answer like that. I can give you like what has been like my exact secret, but um, you know, I just, it, it's, a, a you know, doing the job every single day at the highest level you possibly can. And then if things go haywire, then, you know, you could kind of, you could say you put the honest work in, you know? Well, you definitely have taken care of it. And I think it definitely shows that you wear a ton of different hats with what you do. I mean, you're talking overnight host, Bears reporter, but I think one of the most intriguing things that I want to learn more about is your sideline reporting. It's a very Mm -hmm. unique um, job that you have with the Bears at WBBM. So you've been doing that the last few years. You obviously get a close-up of the players and coaches and everything, but what was one of the most memorable interactions you saw, whether it's good or bad, just something that like stuck out to you while you were on the sideline that maybe made you go, whoa, or, you know, that you weren't expecting? Yeah. I mean, I've had many of those moments where there's things that only I am seeing, like in terms of reporters, like other reporters could see if they they got their binoculars on from above. But, you know, I, I remember, was it, uh, not last year, but the, the year previous to it, I remember like, being on the sideline and seeing a very frustrated Bears offense, which, you know, is not exactly a rare occasion. Uh, <laughs> plenty, plenty of that. Um, but I remember seeing, watching, watching Allen Robinson at one point, like kind of going on an island away from everybody else and then getting closer and then taking his helmet off and just, you know, just slamming his helmet down. Um, you know, that, that was, that was one thing, you know, you'll see, um, like it gets heated, like some of the the position groups, like I remember, uh, last year and I think I I might, I don't remember if I reported, you know, I did, I did report it. The, um, uh, James Daniels was getting into it with Juan Castillo, the, the bears offensive line coach last year, like pretty heated, pretty heated stuff. Um, just like, like pissed off and like seeing like Juan Castillo, walk away. And I remember asking Daniels about it. And it, of course he downplayed it. And he's like, ah, oh, heat of the moment kind of stuff, things like that. Um, I remember Eddie Jackson had a, one of his near picks. Cause that's all he's had over the last couple of years is, is near picks. Um, and he, and he gets frustrated because he's had a couple of times where there's been, you guys probably remember a couple of times where there was penalties and he got like an interception call back or what would be a pick six. I think he ran in the end zone. And I, I remember him coming out of the tunnel and he, he was like, I said something to him about the, the near misses. And he, he's like, he was yelling at me saying, Oh yeah, you see it. You see what's going on. You see what's happening to me. You know, like I'm the victim. You got to report that. Um, you know, so you hear, <laughs> you hear that kind of stuff and just the com like some of the conversations, you know, I don't, I can't hear specifically what's going on in the meetings and things like that, but yeah, there's all sorts of, of things like that. And I'm sure there's like lots of stuff that I'm forgetting, but those are like a few of the examples of, you know, things that I, I get to hear that go on with the Bears. Real quickly, Mark, were you on the sidelines for the 2020 season too? Yeah, I was, but I, I did not travel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still, that's, that's really interesting because again, no fans, like you were one of the only few people to actually like see certain things and get like oh, yeah. that unique perspective. 
that was wild. The best thing, I, the, the thing that I always remember about that is the fact that I was on the sidelines. You're right. There's no fans. There's very few reporters. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, I've got like 400 bathrooms to myself down here. So I got everything. <laughs> the whole sound like and, and as a person who used to go to games as a, as a fan, like way back when I was like, this is unbelievable. I think, you know, I think I'll use the executive suite bathroom today. Um, you know, it was it was like this weird sort of spooky thing being in that stadium. And, you know, it went when it was the the weirdest part about that uh, was when the games got really tight and really close. That was when you couldn't like you would expect there to be a crowd presence. And, and that's when it, you know, that sort of silence was deafening. Like there was nothing. And like, here's this big moment, you know, tie game bears driving or whomever. And there's no crowd whatsoever. You know, there's a few people in the stands, you know, security people, plenty of security people, but no fans. So it was, it was odd. Um, you know, there were some benefits to it as a reporter. I mean, I could get around a lot better. You know, there was, there was no, like after the game didn't have to work my way through anything, right? Like even like walking out of there. So there were some benefits to it, but for the most part, it was very bizarre. Have you ever found yourself like even during that season, just kind of caught up in the game and like feeling a little bit like a fan, like you've ever wanted to cheer or, or say something. Cause obviously I'm, you know, you, you have a job to do, but you're also, a human who covers the team. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean like tw- I'll say 2018 I did, you know, that was the first year I did it. And that was a terrific regular season for the bears. And once I knew that that team was going to be a winning team, then of course there was like that. Okay. This is, this is the, this is the narrative that I want. You know, this is the, the bears are a winning team. So, and going to the postseason is cool and all the benefits that come with that for everybody involved. So there was that, that want of them to win. It's very difficult to, you know, whether I was doing, doing Cubs pre and post or bare sideline, there's so much work that has to be done and so much intense attention that has to be paid that it's very hard to completely let yourself go and go back into that fan place. Like it's, it's really difficult in, if you want to do the job right. So, so it was, you know, and then, you know, after like, like in the years that they were not winning, you know, that on my watch, then it just becomes be ready for anything. And it was my, 2018 was easy for me. You know, they'd win. I'd go out on the field and I'd do my uh, interview off the field and they were simple. Everybody wanted to talk to me, but then when they started losing, it becomes very difficult. It's like, let me find somebody who would actually want to talk after another bad loss, you know? So it's, it's tricky. It's tricky to be a fan. Like I, like once I got to the postseason and, and in 2018, my adrenaline was pumping just like everybody else when Cody Parkey lined up and when he missed it, I can't say I didn't feel really upset. And I'm sorry to bring that up guys. I, I'm sorry. It's part of me. Hey, my misery is going to have to be your misery. That's part of the deal here. Fair. That's part of what's going on. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Got to bring that name up, but yeah, I, I yeah, and a funny little story about that too is, um, you know, after that game, going to the locker room, and you know that the the locker room's a madhouse because it's twice the media, and you know, the, there's so much media to begin with for the Bears, but uh, Cody Parkey is obviously talking to the masses, and then I tried to get him live on the radio. I said, "Hey, Cody, can I get you, you know, for a couple minutes?" And he just looks at me and he goes, "Do I have to?" And I'm like, I'm like, nah, I, I, I don't know. I, I said, I guess not. So I, I was, I was merciful 
towards Cody Parkey. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I don't know if that I, if I gain respect or lose respect <laughs> for that, but, but I, I just remember looking at his eyes and he just looked like he was, you know, obviously as distraught as he was. He, he maybe he already promised first crack at the today show by that point. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He, he didn't need me. He didn't need the Bears radio network at that point. Yeah, the got the exclusive. Network. I can't talk to anybody. Oh, else. yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's going to go find himself on the NPC <laughs> Today show. Exactly. Uh, so, Mark, I'm uh, going to try to transition away from the misery that was Cody Parkey and, and talk Sorry. a little bit about Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No, it comes up occasionally, and uh, I think you know bears have thick skin by this point, so we we recover quickly. Um, but just talking about the new regime, we had Darnell Mooney. He was on you know what we'll call uh, I don't know less inferior or, or inferior podcast uh, last week, and was talking about the new regime and said uh, you know things are candidly different, right? Um, sounded like maybe a little bit of disorganization under Nagy. Uh, Darnell Mooney wasn't shy about talking about that. So I'm curious from your perspective, your observations of this new regime, both from the standpoint of just access to information as a reporter, uh, how candid, how transparent they are compared to the old regime, and then things on the field. Are you noticing the dynamic between the coaches and the players a lot different from last year or, or kind of quasi, you know, the status quo for now? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, first of all, yeah, Matt Eberflus has been very good with us, with, with the media, for whatever it's worth. And Matt Nagy was too, so not, not a big difference for us. Matt Nagy, we could all rip him and say what we want to say about Matt Nagy, and we've all said it, but Matt Nagy was absolutely terrific with the media. And so Matt Eberflus has been that way as well. He seems to care about that part of his job. Um, he seems interested in getting to know the, the regular core of media members, which is always good. So, uh, so far, so good in, in that respect. I think on, and say with Ryan Poles, you know, Ryan Poles has been um, as transparent as he can be with us. I'm sure like the, things like that will change. I mean, we're not going to always get what we want from these guys. It's just a frustration that we all deal with as reporters, but you know, uh, Ibrufus has been great with us on the field. You know what? What I have noticed is that it it is a like literally a faster practice. It is not. It is um, you know not that again. Not that Nagy's practices were slow, but there is a discernible difference in the actual motions of of the practices and apparently the hitting that goes on in the practices. But I honestly, I never even though they got you know banged that one practice, I I honestly never saw like them being overly aggressive and there was one like tussle, but the, but tussles always happen during all practices. So I didn't think that was a big deal, but yeah, I I think it's a, it's a so far so good situation. I have no idea if Matt Eberflus is a good head coach. Like I think we're all going to need a few games, like actual games to see that. I'm not talking about preseason games to, to answer the question, but he has checked all the boxes so far in terms of, you gave the Darnell Mooney example. They seem to respect him. You know, these guys aren't going to break bad on them anyway. So there could be guys that don't like what's going on with Ibrahim and we wouldn't know. But, you know, for the most part, it feels like these guys are being genuine and enjoying Matt Eberflus and and the regime. So, yeah, I think so far so good is my answer to that. Just out of curiosity, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but is there a, a, a acronym count going on at camp yet? I know there's a lot made of 
<laughs> the hits acronym and <laughs> yeah yeah i you know i i would say there's there's not an official count but i i think that i've probably i mean notwithstanding the first because the first couple like the the number went overboard it was probably like 30 or 40 times the first you know first couple of now he just kind of throws it in there every once in a while maybe gives the first two letters or the last two letters every once in a while honestly as i'm sitting here like if you guys gave me a pop quiz i don't even know if i know the hits like the acronym i i you know i can kind of i could probably figure it out if i had to but it's not rolling off the tongue yet so i i better get myself in shape too for the hits principle because it's coming for all of us it really is all right so mark this offseason uh biggest surprise to you whether it be good or bad from anything from this offseason and it's maybe something that isn't being talked about as much well my biggest surprise for me was that the bears didn't do anything about bringing back james daniels it was a surprise and I didn't particularly like it. I think it's if there's one thing that I haven't liked that Ryan Poles has done, unless, unless it was James Daniels's decision to get out of Chicago and go to Pittsburgh. And it, it's not out of the question that that could be the case. But that that was the one surprise. And, you know, here they are now struggling, you know, mightily along the offensive line to figure things out. And that does include the position that James Daniels vacated. So that that one that one surprised me then and it has stuck with me, you know, and, and even watching these practices, I'm like, why, why is James, you know, 24 year old guy who I thought still had a lot of upside. Why is he not? And, and didn't cost, you know, didn't blow out the salary cap, but by, by any means. So I was surprised that that to me is probably the most surprising thing. I'm like a lot of people too. I am, I am surprised that they haven't done more, to fortify the offense in terms of weapons for, for Justin Fields going into a season right now. And we all, all of us, all four of us know right now that by far their best weapon in terms of receivers is Darnell Mooney. And then it's like, good luck with everybody else. So I, I am surprised by that. I mean, I just assumed that either in the draft or, and, and I'm not throwing shade at Bayless Jones Jr., but in the draft or even in free agency, there would be a bigger play for a weapon that even if the Bears are not good this year, that he is part of. They had a chance to make a receiver part of the new core of this team, and they didn't. Well, you lead right into our next question, which is great. We have a fan question from Ryan McHugh. And, you know, with with us being one month away from training camp, which is crazy, Who's going to play right guard for this team? I mean, who, <laughs> I know we don't know yet, but in your opinion, do, do you have a name that sticks out to you right now, or is it well, just a crapshoot? Well, uh, honestly, it you know it will it, as you guys know, the Dakota Dozier is essentially it could be out for the season, so he had been competing for a possibility. I think Sam Mustafer probably is the guy that I'm thinking is is the most likely candidate. You know when. We were out there the one of one of the mini camp days. Um, it was really interesting because Cody Whitehair was gone just for personal reasons, and all of a sudden there's Zach Thomas, Zachary Thomas, one of the Bears' four offensive line rookies, and it kind of, I don't think he is going to be the guard, but it kind of gave you a glimpse of what they're thinking in terms of who who are the offensive linemen in that rookie class 
that that they are thinking about. You know, that's not going to necessarily be uh, Zach Thomas out there. You know, Braxton Jones, obviously, you guys are asking about guard, but he, he's another guy I was surprised to see playing left tackle. But I, I guess right now, I, if I had to say, it's probably going to be Sam Mustafer. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see other bodies brought into camp uh, to compete for the position. I saw Honestly, I saw Dakota Dozier there more than anybody, more than anybody during all the off-season programs. And, yes, Mustafer was getting plenty of time too, but it really seemed like they were leaning towards him. And I, I also wonder too – you know, how much of, you know, that we would be talking about the offensive line. Not that Ryan Bates was going to be some sort of savior to the offensive line, but I think he would have eliminated some of the questions that are going on or some of the, the concern that we all have right now. So we've talked a lot about the offensive line, Mark, but heading into training camp, what are some other things that you're looking forward to seeing? Definitely looking forward to seeing how the the two rookies at the at the top of the draft and, and Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. I'm very looking forward to seeing if, if if what we have seen, at least from from Brisker early on, is is going to be real. So I'm always interested in you know the top rookies on the team. So I'm going to be you know definitely interested in that. I'm also interested to see how Nick Morrow works with, like while we're talking about the defense, see how Morrow works um, with Roquan Smith. You know, they, every, that, he is fast, and we'll see what the combination looks like with with those two guys. So I'm interested in that, and then I I am interested in the development of what you know defensive end and what we're going to see out of Travis Gibson. Uh, you know, Dominic Robinson, the the rookie who was converted from a wide receiver to defensive end, what you might get out of him. So there's all sorts of things that on the defense for the first time in a few years that I'm looking forward to seeing that I, that I wasn't before. And then, you know, it's still the number one thing with a bullet is Justin Fields. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's the answer. I'm getting a little too cute giving you guys all these other guys. The answer is, is Justin Fields, you know, and what he may or may not be able to do now that he is in complete control of the team. So, you know, that's the answer. There's so many other things that are interesting. And I know you guys love all that stuff just as much as I do. But the, the answer is what everybody's going to want to know when I do my Bears reports is what did Justin Fields do today? What did Justin Fields say? What did Eberflus say about Justin Fields? And there will no doubt everyone will have rational reactions. There will be no overreactions <laughs> to anything good or bad. So everyone yeah. will be very measured in all of that. Oh, as always, that's the way Bears fans are. That's the way my colleagues are on the score. That's the way I am. We're all very, very rational. And what the coaches say goes. Absolutely. Uh, so a few weeks ago, we actually had um, one of the other uh, Bears beat media members Joe Lewis who covers uh, for 79th and Alice <laughs> a couple <laughs> weeks ago. He was talking about uh, Justin Fields's uh, change in motion, his uh, release, and everything. Um, and you being there firsthand, uh, I want to know from you, like, how different is it? Like, can you see uh, like a drastic improvement? What are your thoughts there? It's hard to see a drastic change, honestly. I mean, they told us about the footwork, and so I, I kind of zeroed in on that. And, and I guess it seems better and smoother and obviously working with a different foot. 
but it's again that's another thing that once there's real defense and maybe they put the pads on can we see a different type of poise can we see a quicker release yes i am seeing that but it's very easy to do that when you're playing against air so you can see the things that he's definitely working on those things and those things are there i want to see it when it gets real it is they're going to to be that you know the one the one thing that you know, Matt, it's been very difficult to get real things out of Matt Eberflus in terms of evaluating Justin Field. I've tried. Everybody's tried, but they've held back. The two things that they have said is that they really like his deep ball and the footwork has gotten really good. They have not mentioned the, the quicker release or his ability to read defenses or anything like that, because I think that they haven't seen it yet. And quite frankly, I haven't seen it yet. So um, I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully that will have changed. But right now, it's really hard to tell. Mark, we got another question from one of our listeners. Juan reached out to us on Instagram. Uh, if For some reason, folks, if you are listening, you are not following us on Instagram or Facebook, please go ahead and do that. He wants to know what the winning ceiling is for the Bears with Fields and Eberflus. I know it's way too early to tell, but what are you, what's your gut telling you right now? And talk about like this year or in general. Okay, this year, man, I have put my own little over under at about seven wins this year. So, I, you know, and I, it could definitely be the under. There's just there's just not enough uh, dynamic playmakers on this team. There, it, it's a I always call it like rank and file. It's a rank and file team. These are professional football players, but there's not a lot of special on this roster yet now again justin fields could change that equation if justin fields starts to reach the you know your word the ceiling that he he has from scouts and his time at ohio state then then you know all bets are off then maybe they are a eight or nine or ten win team this year and i am keeping in mind that it's a 17 game season so but i i have not seen any evidence this year to suggest that this will be a winning season. So I know that's tough to take for a lot of Bears fans, and I hope I'm wrong, but I, I, it's hard to look at this roster honestly, considering the players that also that they have lost with Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, and I don't need to go through the whole list, but it's, it's pretty obvious that this is a year that they would accept a, a rebuild this year, and sometimes fluky things happen in the NFL but it just doesn't feel like a, a winning playoff season this year. I think a lot of people might take seven wins though. So that's, uh, that, <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's, you yeah. know, I think that's pretty optimistic, but if where are you guys happens, on that, where are you guys on that? Are you guys on the under on that? Are you guys feeling more optimistic than I am? Or what's the, where are you guys feeling? I have them at six right now. Okay. Okay. So you got the under. Yeah. Okay. I'm definitely taking the under. I'm, I'm the most pessimistic, which is funny because everything else in my life, I'm the most optimistic. I think of everyone on this podcast, but when it comes to bears, I just, I just don't see it. I I'm terrified about who's going to play on the offensive line. And when you're saying Sam Mustafer and Dakota <laughs> Dozier, like that, they're duking it out for the starting right guard spot. Like, Ooh, yeah. that makes me nervous. Yeah. So are we counting the Super Bowl run in the total or just regular season? <laughs> oh, <Whoa. laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, 
Hey, somebody had to show some optimism. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won eight or nine games. I think I said that maybe a couple shows ago. Uh, I, I think seven's a good over under, but I could see them sneaking out a couple games that they shouldn't. They were, you know, the 49ers game and the Steelers game last year come to mind. I know Luis talked about it last week. Those are a couple games that, you know, maybe they flipped the other way this year. And uh, I, I do think that some folks are underestimating the impact that the new offensive scheme is going to have for Justin Fields. I think he will be markedly better. I don't think it's a 10 win team, but if they won eight or nine games, I wouldn't be floored. I'd be surprised, but I, I wouldn't be stunned. Just as you said, the NFL is a quirky league. Anything can happen year to year. So who knows? But um, hope, I'm just hoping to see an improvement from Justin Fields this year and, and look forward to the future. Yeah, we don't really know what the Luke Getze offense is going to look like. I mean, you're right. I mean, all these guys have given Getze like super high grades so far. And if it, it could sprout and it could be something that we haven't seen, but we, I've also, I, that's the way Matt Nagy came in too. I mean, he came in with all this. So yeah, like it was, it was go time. And it felt like it that first game at Lambeau field. I was like, wow, they just marched right down the field and, it looked terrific, and he had, you know, and here comes Mark Helfridge and, uh, you know, obviously Matt Nagy's scheme, and it all looked great. So I, I'm, I've probably been burned before, but who knows? I mean, Getsy might have something that I don't know. Mark, we have one more football question before we get into uh, some fun questions for you. Oh, um, nice. Real quickly, week one, where will Robert Quinn be? Ooh, that's a good one. I think, oh, man. I think Robert Quinn will be on the Bears in week one. Okay. And, and it, it, I think that he, there probably is some shopping going on. And I'm sure that on Robert Quinn's side, he's probably his people are probably making some calls too. But I think that he's going to probably find out that the, the best case scenario for him is going to be with the Bears. I don't rule out him being traded though at the trade deadline. That's kind of where I'm at. I think yeah. he'll he'll hopefully keep his value somewhat high, but I think the time has kind of passed for him to be traded would have happened yeah. before or during the draft. I I agree. I agree. And I think you know, part of it too has to be Quinn probably knowing that he's going to be back, but also thinking, why, why do I need to be out there for this? This is, and Quinn's not like this. So when I put these words into his mouth, he doesn't actually talk like this, but there's probably part of him that's saying this is not necessarily what I signed up for when he made the decision to come to the bears. Like he thought he was going to be playing with Khalil Mack and what was, or what he thought was going to be a really good defense. So I think he'll be fine. And yeah, hopefully for bears, for the Bears' sake, his trade value will be tremendous unless the bears are really good and they surprise us all. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. um, so we mentioned earlier for everyone who doesn't know, uh, Mark, you do overnights for the score after, uh, you know, Les, Les Grobstein tra tragically passed earlier this winter. But yeah, um, I love that you're doing that. I think I'm so entertained by it. I've heard some <laughs> of it when I'm awake, but I'm uh -huh. also just loving the little snippets that Parkinson Spiegel bring back, whether it's oh, the, yeah. uh, the, the diaper conversation. Oh my God. Yeah. The Alexa conversation. Like, I think there's just um, incredible moments. So I want to know from you, like what are like, what's your favorite moment Ben from doing score overnight so far? Well, I think the, the most interesting moment was probably when it, I do the show from my home. So, and I live in a high rise in Chicago 
So I'm doing the show. It's about, you know, 2.20 or something like that in the morning, in the middle of a segment, talking about whatever nonsense I was talking about. And then I hear a knock at my door. So here I am on the radio. Somebody's knocking at the door. I'm like, oh, Jesus, which is <laughs> my first instinct was scared. I was scared. I was like, what the hell? Like, that's a really weird feeling a because i'm on the radio like i'm in this zone you know how it is like when you're doing so like you don't expect any interruptions especially on you know standard radio and so i was like uh, i'm doing the thing i was like all right uh i gotta go to break so i, I take an abrupt break at you know the weirdest time whatever it was. it was not time for a commercial so the producer freaks out i'm like i i go i go to the door and there's a security guard standing there and he just looks at me and he goes, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, because, <laughs> you know, there's all this noise coming from my apartment. And he got, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, um, we got a noise complaint up here. I'm on the 35th floor. Like we got a noise complaint. And I go, look, I said, I go, I'm doing a live radio show here. Okay, I'm doing a live. I didn't say like what station or drop a name or anything like that. So I'm doing a live radio show. I said, there is nothing I can do about it. And the guy just looked at me and he goes, oh, okay, no problem. He's like, I just, wa like, just want to make sure you're okay. I'll deal with the noise complaint. Have, have a good rest of your show. I'm like, okay, thanks. But that was, that was so freaky. And, and then of course the next day I had to go downstairs and that they uh, I, that that's when the diapers came in that was when the, the soundproofing <laughs> came in i got yoga mats because i have wood flooring so they're like you need a yoga mat to absorb the sound you put the adult diapers over the ventilators <laughs> so the people in the other units can't hear what's going on so yeah it's just my it, it it was a beaut let me tell you i think i i think i am doing uh honor to les grobstein to allow the wackiness to occur <laughs> on my version of score overnight that's what i love though like it's just never a dull moment and it's, oh, it's, it's fantastic like, oh it's an it's an amazing like it's a very challenging thing to do five hours of solo radio yeah but it's also great because the canvas it is a clean canvas the boss doesn't start listening till about oh about 2 30 or so that's when i tighten up my act a little bit but really anything goes i could have anybody on i want i can talk about anything i want the callers are great it's a very appreciative audience like they they it is the most appreciative audience that i have ever um, been lucky enough to have like I've worked every single shift on the score there are much bigger audiences than score overnight but there is no audience that is more appreciative to have live local sports talk while they're going to work they're like holy crap I don't have to listen to national stuff tonight I don't have to listen to reruns I, I got a live guy talking about uh, you know the Cubs and you know blowing another game or whatever the case may be so it's it's great actually the Cubs won today didn't they I think they, they did. did yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mark, we, we talk a lot about food on this podcast, uh, and some have said we have some blisteringly bad food takes, and we'd be happy to walk into one, but I thought I'd, I'd open the floor to see, do you, what's your most controversial food take? Okay, that's a good question. My most controversial food take. Oh, man. Um I was going to say one, but I don't know if it's controversial necessarily. I like to put 
smother my rotisserie chicken in blue cheese dressing. I don't think that's really controversial, though, is it? No, like, blue cheese some... acceptable on anything. And... Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. I think it's just the overindulgence factor <laughs> of that. That's more like, Jesus Christ, do you need the blue cheese <laughs> on that? Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I hear like one of your guys' controversial takes, it'll spark one of mine. I'm not sure. Well, okay, I guess we do want to know, how do you feel about Oreos that that's been an ongoing fight amongst all of us, meaning, you know, if you could have a golden Oreo, you could have one of these other great flavors. Are you going with the classic? What, what, what are you going to do with your, your Oreo? Yeah, hundred percent. The classic Oreos. I don't even go with the double stuff, even though I'm sure they're mm. deluxe, but I, I go full on the regular. I do break it apart, eat the cream and then eat the two delicious wafers. So I'm pretty standard when it comes to my Oreo game. That's, that's the big, that's the big controversy though with you guys. No, I think, I think Ryan at the risk of having his head explode, I think he didn't want to ask about the hot dogs, but uh, if you suggest (laughs) putting ketchup on a Chicago dog, Ryan's head might explode. Well, no, I mean, you got one thing. He's right, though, because a Chicago, actual Chicago dog is, does not have ketchup on it. You can put ketchup on your hot dog, but you cannot call it a Chicago dog. Yep. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm with Ryan on this one. And I know that's about to not be a popular opinion, but I'm sorry. Sheldon's Patrick Sheldon. Patrick Sheldon. That's it. Did you hear how he said it? A yep. Chicago dog, right? <laughs> yep. you, you, you go, you go to sorry, a ballpark. You're, hey, you're a grown-ass man. You can put whatever you want on your regular hot dog, but when it's a Chicago-style dog, no ketchup on that. Okay, so that's a different argument, though. I get that you can't call it a Chicago dog, right, but right, right. The yeah. policing of you can't put hot dog, you can't put ketchup on a Chicago dog. If somebody likes ketchup on their Chicago dog, I think they can do that. If you don't want to call it that, that's okay. That's uh, it. That's the only technicality that I have. Okay, like, okay. I don't care. I really don't care. I, I, if you want to put ketchup on your hot dog, that's fine. You just don't get to call it a Chicago dog. And that's a good compromise. I can live with that. Turns yeah, into a St. It. Louis dog. So, so yeah. luck shows up, and we're all all of a sudden we're we're, we're peace, and 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 when everything is going great. Shells, is that how this works? Well, no, your sweet potato pie take is still. Uh, <laughs> okay. oh, that's another one. <laughs> I like sweet, sweet potato, potato pie. pie. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, I, I think it's better than pumpkin. That's you know what, I, I, and that's a hill that I am willing to die. Oh, on, so. see, we were doing really well there. Right now. <laughs> There we now, go. Now I got to go Patrick on that one. A little bit See, of Cool Whip on top of the pumpkin pie. That's all I need. Yeah. And that's that's where I'm at, Mark. I'm like, Ryan says some good things. I'm like, okay, okay I'm with you on half of this stuff. But then Shells <laughs> comes in with the sweet potato pie slander. And I'm like, I'm with you now. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm just not a sweet potato guy. Actually, I like sweet potato fries. I think are absolutely deluxe. Oh, but incredible. like sweet potatoes. Yeah, sweet potatoes I just never, never got into. Never, yeah. never was able to. <laughs> All right, Mark, this, this has been a blast, man. We, we appreciate it so much. Uh, I yeah, have yeah, one, yeah. I have one last question. Sure. Um, and I, I don't know how this came up, but like you are, you're a really good impressionist. Yeah. I've been doing impersonation since I was a little kid. I used to impersonate my teachers and kind of at every single level of my life, I have either impersonated my coworkers or teachers or celebrities or athletes or coaches or managers or whomever. Who's your, uh, what's your favorite, like one, whether it's a score personality or celebrity, like what's your go-to that you most enjoy? 
I think it's probably the Harrison Ford one. I mean, that's the one that definitely that. gets the most. Yeah, that's the one that gets the most reaction. And I've been doing that one for a while. I mean, I've been I, I've been doing that one well, essentially since the movie came out. Everybody thinks it's a score thing, but it's something I've been doing like for forever. So I think that's probably the the signature one. So is there any way that you could give us like a Bears sideline report as Harrison Ford? Like, is that is that is that in the works? Oh my God. Oh wow. Okay. I could, I could probably try something like that. Be like, you know, you falsified your playbook. You switched the samples. It was supposed to be a play down the field and then it didn't happen. It was fantastic. (laughs) Wow. Oh, that was fantastic. Prolastic. Yeah. I was I was gonna ask. Yeah. Okay, so I was I was gonna I like doing the same, Mark. I'm not I'm not great, but I like doing impressions. I was gonna have you judge some of mine, but I kind of wanted to end it on that because that was too perfect. You, you can't you can't that top was that, too perfect. You can't top that. Hey Mark, man, I'm all, hey, you can you. I was gonna tell everybody, send me the tape. I'll evaluate for you. No problem. Yeah. yeah. I, I am I'm so bummed. We we're we're gonna end this interview because this has been an absolute blast. Mark, I, I know 670 to score, you know, you were w, WBM. Is there anything that you want to plug? Anything that maybe if some of our listeners are just not connected with you, any any way that they can get connected with you? Oh uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's cool. I'm on Twitter at Mark Grody Sports. I, I I hang out on Instagram and sometimes on Facebook too. So you know any form of of social media. Uh, other than that, no. Like uh, this has been a blast, and you guys are fun, man. So anytime you guys want to do this again, I'd be happy to do it. Thank you, Mark. And uh, one of our guys, Jack Wright, who couldn't be here, he said he loves your score segments and he just wanted me to pass along this one message. Bears. (laughs) Bears. Bears. Yes. All good. All good segments should end that way. Bears. It it, it It cleanses the palate. I don't know what it means, but I drop them in as, as often as I possibly can. Mark Grody, thank you so very much for being on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate this. It was my pleasure, guys. Enjoy the rest of uh, the weekend, and I hope I'll talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Got it. So I I know we say this after every guest, and every guest has been phenomenal, but on a personal note, that was so cool. Uh, Just to hear the voice, you close your eyes for a second, and you're like, I'm listening to the score. And then you're like, no, I'm talking to this guy. This is, that was awesome. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that. He couldn't have been a cooler guy. Like he it just, it, it's not possible. He was just so like generous with his time and just willing to chat with us. And, you know, just, you know, folks just to peel back the curtain just a little bit after every guest, we hit pause on record and we just chat a little bit. And he just, he's just, just an awesome guy. Just really fantastic guy. And boy, could I relate to the the fear that courses through your body when you get a knock on the door at 2.30 in the morning that you're not expecting. Boy, that was... know <laughs> <laughs> that feeling. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, Mark's literally like the same guy you hear on the score. Like that, we got the same version. And just hearing his stories... It, that was incredible. That that definitely blew me away. And uh, we can't thank him more enough. We can't thank him enough for giving his time to talk talk with us, not only about the Bears, just about also random stuff like 
what's on your hot dog and other food takes and impressions. Uh, it was, it was awesome. So that was, that was a load of fun for us. Brendan, this, I'm not giving you a shout out at the end of the podcast. I'm giving you a shout out right now. Like you have been crushing it with amazing guests. And I just like, I want to say thank you, dude. Like, it's just, it's like Mark Rohde. We got to talk with Mark Rohde, like, thanks to you, dude. So seriously, thanks for setting that up. No, yeah. no problem. I mean, I'm like, we're, first of all, we're on this together, not to go all high school musical on you, but <laughs> like, it's also just a fun chance to get to know other Chicago media members and, you know, expand our connections and everything. But yeah, like, obviously, like, it's just fun to talk bears with people who are in the know. And um, yeah, I'm obviously I'm happy to do it. It's, it's a ton of fun. I cannot pick a favorite guest. Like someone asked me that when we were not recording, like Dingle, like, do you have a a favorite guest? And I was like, I I honestly, like, I know this sounds like a cop-out, but I can't say that I do because each one has been like unique, had some different perspectives. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun. Shells, I'm coming right at you with this. Sam Mustafer and Dakota Dozier are duking it out for the starting right guard job. You still think this team can win nine games with that offensive line? Don't conveniently leave out the other part, he said, which he, he wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if they don't bring in some more bodies. There are camp cuts. There are there are camp casualties or other ways that they can go about uh, bolstering that offensive line. So, um, you know, let's wait until they, they get ready for week one, see what the offensive line is. And again, like. I don't know, you know, and I, I tweeted it all in Crutes a couple weeks ago, maybe it was a week ago because I know he's a big Sam Mustafer supporter. And I was like, what, what are we not seeing? And kind of the, the crux of it, you know, was like, Hey, nobody was good in the offense last year. So I'm at least, and I said, that was a fair point. I'm at least open to the idea of maybe the offense was such poop that uh, nobody on the offensive line could succeed. Maybe there's talent within that offensive line that just wasn't, you know, brought out because of how bad the offensive system was. So I said, okay, I'll keep an open mind. Let's see, you know, let's see uh, this year. Maybe that, maybe, maybe that offensive system helps the offensive line. I, I think it will. I think uh, Flus is going to be more willing to bring in a, an extra tight end to help block. They got a fullback now. Um, you know, just the scheme that they run is, is a little bit more friendly to offensive linemen. So I'm going to hold, I'm going to reserve judgment until we see this thing. Well, and real quickly, Ryan, it's not Dakota Dozier anymore. He's gone. It's Sam Mustafer right now. So that's even worse. Um, that, oh, that's, that's my fear though, Brendan. Like, like, that's the thing is like, like we already knew, like you talk to anybody in Minnesota, they're like, that guy was terrible. And you brought him in to be your starting right guard. And then he's duking it out with Sam Mustafer, which to Sheldon's point, like we were watching that guy last year going, oof. Like he got progressively worse as the team goes on. But Sheldon, I do, I take your point, right? It was a terrible offensive scheme going back to what happened in Cleveland, like five man protection against that defensive front. Like Matt and, and center's a tough position. Maybe Mustafer's just not cut out to play center. I mean, he, he got blown up last year at the center position a lot, right? But mm-hmm. maybe that's not his jam. I also thought it was interesting that uh Grody didn't mention somebody like Larry Borum or Tevin Jenkins sliding inside. And I know that's not necessarily been something that's been talked about, but Matt Eberflus hasn't totally closed the door on that yet. We'll obviously see this come to fruition when training camp begins, but it's a little interesting that that wasn't brought up at least. I will say to Sheldon's point, if you get the tackles right, 
not that like there's any like weak position or any position that's less important on the offensive line, but you really need to get your center and your tackles, you know, well, and you need to get them situated. You can find guards that can come in and play satisfactory, I guess, or average. And I think that still could happen if the tackles aren't figured out with Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, one of the two of the three, I guess, that's really where the issue is going to be, in my opinion. I'm a broken record. I am worried about the offensive line. Um, I thought, you know, him him talking a little bit about Matt Nagy getting high praise the same way that Eberflus has gotten high praise. I love the way he just kind of took that, you know, he's not bashing anybody, but just that like, hey guys, let's let's kind of all pump the brakes uh, just a little bit. And, and then just really quick, the the James Daniels thing, like, I, I was trying not to overreact to it, you know, hearing a lot of fans like good, good for him. He walked or, or, you know, good for him. He got paid in Pittsburgh that uh, I'm worried. I, I wish they would have tried to keep him. Yeah. Keep the that. James Daniels thing, it wasn't an issue at the time and it was early in the off season too. So I think people kind of like brush that under, under the rug a little bit. And it's clear that Ryan Poles, his plan was Ryan Bates his plan got, you know, completely blown up. And so that's when he had to backtrack and find something else. So I think at the time and knowing where he was going with it, you could say it was an okay move, but now that you couldn't actually land that other guy you were trying to get, it looks like a much bigger red flag. And I think you're right. A lot of people aren't talking about that mainly because it happened so early. Going back to the flus thing too, it- yeah, I think it's early to be, you know, heaping praise on him and, and maybe we need to pump the brakes a bit. But what I did find interesting is that the stuff that we're hearing about him is so contrary to what people were saying about him when he was first hired. Like there was such a fear that he was going to come in and be, you know, a meatball head coach and it was going to run these guys in the ground. Everybody was going to be pissed and turn on him and he was going to, you know, overuse acronyms and stuff. And if you listen to the Darnell Mooney interview, uh, that was that couldn't be further from the truth, right? He sounds like a pretty laid back, chill guy that powers down to his assistant coaches and lets them do their thing and is approachable. And it just holds his players accountable, like demands accountability, which we didn't have last year. But he's not like this, you know, uh, this monster. I think that some were worried he was going to be. No doubt. But I also remember very distinctly when John Fox was fired and they brought in Matt Nagy, like, oh, now we have a 21st century offense and it's it's so much fun to watch in practice. And, you know, it, it came with a load of problems. I, I, I'm i not trying to hate on Matt Eberflus. That's not what I'm saying. I just I like his kind of like pump the brakes. Let's all wait and see kind of approach more than anything else. So how long have you had it hated Matt Eberflus? <laughs> I think they hired the wrong guy. I said it. I said, I've I've been on record as saying that, you know, and, you know, I wanted Brian Dable and I am going to be watching really closely to see if I was really wrong. You know, if if he has success with the giants, then I'm going to be insufferable. Uh, But if he doesn't, then you guys can just go ahead and be really mean to me and say, you know, take personal shots. I will say to your point, Ryan, I've thought about this a lot too, where everybody overreacts to the changing of the guard a little bit. And, you know, things are so much worse before. And I love how this feels. And I love this, this new energy in the room. And I, I had a tweet out there at some point after hearing Matt Nagy's uh, introductory press conference that just said, I think I'm in love with Matt Nagy. Pretty sure I deleted that a couple of years ago because <laughs> <laughs> I know I was like, Uh, People might, you know, bring that up because Twitter's a terrible place. But I I thought about it with with John Fox when he came in, an adult in the room. 
I thought about it with Matt Nagy of finally we have an upgraded offensive system, an upgraded offensive quote unquote guru. And now I'm kind of back with the John Fox feeling, feeling like, okay, we have an adult in the room, but at least this guy has had recent success and he's an up and comer. Um, but so I'm not saying like anybody's like right or wrong. I'm just, I'm also kind of tempering those expectations and not totally necessarily buying in, but like overreacting to everything that we've heard. Can I just say how much I agree with you, how awful Twitter is like, you can't just tweet in the moment because you know, 14 years later, somebody's going to pull up the tweet and be like, see, you love that Nagy. It's like, well, you know, a little bit of context of what was going on that particular day, that particular game or that particular yeah. event. Um, it's like, yeah, he, he rolls out the T formation for the first yeah. play. Like you dude, that was freaking That's cool. cool. Yeah. That was cool. How many people how, like, I want to go back to the first game of 2019. Everybody ate up the George Hallis, like lookalike that he did. Everybody just bought into that. Like, yeah, that's a guy that gets it. He's honoring tradition. And now I'm sure like most of those people deleted all those tweets. And you're right. You cannot tweet in the moment because people are going to bring it back. I think we're starting to see it, unfortunately, with people with Deshaun Watson. A few years ago, people were like, Deshaun Watson's incredible. And now everyone's like trying to bring those old tweets up like, oh, remember this? I'm like, come yeah. on. That's so unfair. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was I was that guy. I, I wanted Deshaun Watson really, really bad. And, and, you know, thinking about what would the situation be like here in Chicago if they had drafted Deshaun Watson? Maybe we had won a few more games, but with all the distractions and all the things that are going on. I don't know. Gentlemen, speaking of distractions, Matt Adams is arrested uh, for possession of a firearm, a high capacity magazine and having metal piercing bullets. Now I I'm, I'm asking a question, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to stir the pot, but maybe just a little bit is Ryan Poles picking some players with some questionable choices and, and, what, what, what do you guys think about this? Or is this just yet another isolated incident? I don't think he's picking players with questionable choices, but for one reason or another, the message of, Hey, we're away from the facility. Now you have five to six weeks, weeks of vacation. Don't be a dumb F is not getting through to the players. So we've seen two, I'll call them minor situations. I think that's okay uh, with the Byron Pringle uh, reckless driving incident and now Matt Adams. So fortunately it's, it hasn't been anything like super bad, thankfully, but it is kind of getting the, the gears in motion. Like what are these guys being told? So I'm not worried. And I don't think like Pulse is getting the wrong type of players, but I think the message needs to be a little clear from the staff that, Hey, when you're away from this facility, just don't be a dumb blank. That's it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think he I don't think there's been an instance where he's gone out and targeted a guy with multiple red flags where you've been like, ah, oh, that's a that's an iffy move. I mean, these these guys are grown men. They have to be able to handle their business uh, when they're away from the facility. And some guys don't. And, and as the leader of a franchise and, and a, a, a roster, you can't always control what they do when they're not there, what they can control is how they respond to it. Right. So that's where you got to kind of have to evaluate them as leaders of this team, this organization and say, okay, things like this are going to come up. How do they deal with it? I go back to what Luis Medina said last week, which by the way, yet another awesome guest shells. I'd love to hear your thoughts after this, but you know, he talked a lot about 
this almost entire roster is prove it guys. And I think we said it last week is that some of those guys are going to prove it and they're going to come and they're going to show you what they've got and they're going to be awesome. And some of them are not. And, you know, it's entirely possible that some of these guys find themselves in trouble, um, you know, in a prove it situation and they don't rise the occasion. Yeah. I, I can remember where I was in the car uh, when I heard that, cause I was nodding my head vigorously because I said that on our podcast, like these are all guys that are going to be pulling on the same side of the rope. Uh, they all have something to prove and buy-in is such a huge component of, of getting this thing to work in, in year one for Matt Eberflus. You don't want guys that are going to kind of stir the pot or they're gonna, that are going to be um, the sole voice of opposition in the locker room. So I don't think it's a bad thing having a lot of folks on prove it deals that are all going to be looking to buy into what Matt Eberflus is selling. So this is week two of Jack not being on the podcast the bum is on an awesome, awesome trip. Uh, he, they saw the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. Uh, he's in Philadelphia. You know, how dare he not? Jack's road tripping. Jack is road tripping across America right now. And we are all jealous. Very jealous. But Very. we don't have a Jack's question. But I think Brendan may have a Jack's question for this week. That's right, Ryan. I do. And I hope I'm going to do my guy Jack proud with this. This is something I've thought about for a little bit now. I don't know why. I think when we're in the car or in your case on the bike, that one radio song comes on or that one song on your Spotify playlist comes on, you just start jamming out. So I want to know from you guys, what is your go-to karaoke song? Whoa, that's a good mm-hmm. question. That is a really good question. I got to think about this one for a second. Yeah, I do. All too. right. I'll, I'll go first. Cause I've got like two or three that I usually go with depending on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, Backstreet boys. I want it that way for sure. Brings down the house every <laughs> single time. I am not kidding. <laughs> I, we, we know you're not. That's why we're both laughing. <laughs> so I actually have a story about this one. Um, I was uh, at a previous work conference uh, back in 2016 we were in Palm Springs and we found ourselves at a karaoke bar and start doing karaoke. And of course me and actually a couple of my coworkers are singing. I want it that way. And in walks, do you guys remember Badger from breaking bad? Yes. Yeah. Matt Jones, Badger from breaking bad walks in and he's pretty much the same guy you see on TV and he's like jamming out a little bit. He's I'm basically, I'm like, Hey, I'm serenading Badger. You know, right now. And uh, that was just one of the most fun nights that, that I've had. So definitely that. And I've done wagon wheel a lot. Okay. Wagon wheel is one of those easy ones to get through. Good one. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, I, some people know this. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, I used to be in a band and I used to play guitar and it was the lead singer. And I still, every once in a while, will do like an acoustic show, just like at a brewery, just, you know, having fun. And one of the ones that I love to cover more than anything else gangster's paradise by coolio okay um and people kind of look at me sometimes and go you're 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 gonna cover gangster's paradise like yes yes i am and i know the words forwards backwards at any point i am ready to roll with gangster's paradise ryan real quick if you need some uh, hot sacks for some of that those acoustic sets you just give me a call brother (laughs) you know how much fun that would be can, okay, can you, can you learn Gangsta's Paradise? So we can... I could learn it. 
So I've got I've got three. They're all over the map. I don't know that I could pick just one right now because it depends Go for on the food and, and the number of adult beverages consumed prior to. But uh, All Night Long by Lionel Richie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sunday Morning Coming Down by Johnny Cash. There you go. Okay. And New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. Oh, man. Those are, you got some classic. Yeah, you really do go through. Like, yeah, all the genres yeah, it, there. It runs the gamut. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Always needing a little liquid courage. All right, boys. So much fun. I still, Mark, like I'm still smiling from the Mark Grody interview. Yeah. That was an awesome, awesome episode. Boys, it is time to give shout outs. So for this one, we're going to go Sheldon Shagru, and I will finish it up. Shout outs, boys. Thanks, Ryan. So I, I want to shout out the guys over at the BAM podcast. They're at the BAM pods. Uh, they had me on last week uh, to talk bears and really appreciate it. They, they do a great job. Um, I think they're just getting their podcast going, but uh, they do a terrific job and uh, go check them out. Go check out the episode. We had a lot of fun. I thought they asked a lot of good questions. They clearly did their research. So I uh, appreciate them having me on. Can I just say, Sheldon, like I listened to the entire interview, you know, one, I love supporting all of the guys on this podcast, but you had some really good stuff. And it was funny because the way that you were talking about listening in the car, you know, with the last podcast that you weren't on, I, I literally was like, I want to argue with Sheldon about this point <laughs> and that point, you know, and then I'd be like, oh my God, that's such a good point. And dude, I just, I, they were really good for, especially for a new podcast. Those guys are young, but they did a great job. And, and Sheldon, seriously, it was an awesome interview. You did a great job. Yeah, Thank definitely. You, I really appreciate that guys. I do. Um, and then my my next shout out, it's uh, sort of an indirect shout out to the two folks that couldn't be with us uh, tonight, uh, Logan and Jack. But I'm going to shout out the Chicago White Sox. Anytime you can take uh, one game of a four game series against a powerhouse like the Baltimore Orioles at home, you got to just feel like you're you're riding high and uh, uh, you, you could take on the world. Right. So, man, shout out to the White Sox for battling such a tough team like the Orioles and managing to squeak out a win. Um, kudos to you guys. Really, really nice job. Hold on. We're, we're just going to give a second for the Sox fans to uh, give a quick rebuttal. <laughs> do, do you understand? Like Jack is actually Jack and Logan both are actually angry right now as they're listening to this. They're like seething and they want to say something, but they can't. I can hear Jack <laughs> screaming from wherever he is in the United States right now. But uh, no, all love. I'm, I'm in a great mood. I watched uh, Aaron Judge hit a three run homer to no, Yeah. Three run homer today uh, to win the game. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like, Jack Logan. Sorry, guys. Didn't the Yankees get combined no hit the other night, though? Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> they've won 53 games this year that's true i can't really they double they've doubled up i think the Sox and the cubs almost so um how many wins do the how many wins do the cubs have i don't know who's why am i watching the baseball standings man yeah. <laughs> i like i like baseball <laughs> baseball yeah i, I got you know what the only good news about the cubs being bad is i can get really 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 cheap tickets later this summer so there's that that's about it. No, I, I over-exaggerate a little bit. The White Sox are 34 and 37. That's amazing. So they're three games below 500 and are only five and a half games out. By contrast, the Red Sox are 11 games over 500 and 11 games out of first place. Oh, my God. Tough, man. It is an absolute minefield. Whew. Yeah. 
Um, so I got a few shout outs here. Um, and guys, I'm going to break some personal news to you that you don't even know about. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> That's the first no, thing that went to my head. Pat, too, yeah. Sheldon, Sheldon made the, uh, the, the baby motion. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think my wife would be thrilled if I did that on a podcast. <laughs> no, my first shout out goes out to Alyssa Barbieri. Uh, she's always been just an incredible bears writer. We've talked about it many, many times. She's been one of our first guests that we've had on the podcast and she, she puts out an insane amount of work, but she also is just an awesome person who really has championed me the last few years, uh, since we've been working together at bears wire. And, uh, she actually just promoted me this week to assistant editor. Let's so go. I am. Yeah, I, I have the power to publish. <laughs> That's congratulations. Congratulations. Dude. Thank you. It's, it was, uh, it was just kind of one of those things we're working on a feature together. Um, so it's coming out this week, the top 30 most important players, and we're both tag teaming it. And it just kind of happened. She's like, yeah, like you need to, you should be an editor. Um, or at least have the power, you know, the ability to edit. I don't know if I'm talking too much here, but, um, yeah, so that was, that was really exciting. So that's uh, definitely shout out to her for um, putting me in that position and uh, just always, uh, ch- again, championing me uh, to do well with Bears Wire. It Dude, means a that, lot. That is, awesome. that is well-earned success, my friend. They just well, well-earned. I still, every once in a while, I think back to our very first conversation that you and I had, dude, and I just, I, I'm, I'm thrilled for you, buddy. Congratulations. Thank you, man. When's that piece coming out? Uh, so the first one comes out tomorrow morning. Uh, so okay. it's going to be on each. We're doing a feature for each player counting down from 30 to one. Uh, we both basically, you know, try to write lists together. It is really hard to figure out, like put in order the top 30 bears players. And, you know, we talked about bears, Twitter, not overreacting to anything. Um, thank God bears, Twitter doesn't overreact to lists or people <laughs> listing things or ranking things. So this is going to go smoothly. I know people aren't going to have an issue whatsoever, but no, this, this will be fun. I, I think people are going to really enjoy this leading up to trading camp. So yeah, it's gotta, gotta be tough, especially with Ryan Nall not on the roster anymore. Like, where do you go for number one? <laughs> Dude, seriously, seriously. So Monday morning, people can listen to the bear down Chicago podcast with Brendan Shagru, and then they can read bears wire with Brendan Shagru. man. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, really, really exciting. Um, a couple other shout outs here. I want to give the shout outs to uh, two TJs. Uh, first, TJ Brooks. He's been a huge listener of ours. And honestly, TJ, I've been meaning to give you a shout out for a long time because uh, your interactions are fantastic and we just really appreciate the support. So make sure you follow him at one lustrious. It's kind of like illustrious, but a one instead of the I. It's very creative. And another guy, uh, TJ, I'm not sure how to say his last name. So I'm just going to say go big, G-O-E-B-I-G. Uh, TJ, another huge supporter of ours. He's been somebody who's followed me for a long time and I uh, just want to shout out him for being such a big supporter. You can follow him at G O E B I G T J. I'm just going to say it's go big. And then finally a uh, shout out to my buddy, uh, Tyler Simmons. I went to high school with him, uh, but he he's not on Twitter, unfortunately, but he does these awesome custom gifts, uh, especially like wood woodworking and everything he made just 
awesome bag sets, awesome custom bears bag sets. These things light up. There's cup holders, there's beer bottle openers. Um, he's making one for me. He made one for Jack as well. So we just got the first one done and it, it looks incredible. I'm so excited to play on it. So, uh, shout out to Tyler. And seriously, if you guys are looking for some custom made gifts, uh, he's, he, he and his wife, I can't say enough about their craftsmanship. I mean, it's impeccable. So um, I'll uh, put a link in the uh, the shout outs if you want to visit, but definitely um, shout out to him and thank you for, for doing that work for me. I've only got three. Luis Medina from Bleacher Nation Bears. I, I blown away. I, you know, he was someone I wasn't as familiar with his work. And then when we sat down and chat, like I just can't get enough of that guy awesome, awesome guest last week. For some reason, if you're listening now and you haven't heard that episode, please go back and take a listen to that episode. The next one is the guys at the Zero Doinks podcast. I put out a tweet about how much I love Lostos. It is a um, Yucatan style Mexican cuisine place in the Chicago suburbs and the Western burbs. It is out of this world. And uh, apparently those guys have had it. So it was an awesome interaction. So shout out to you guys. And the last one is Church Street Brewing Company um, in Itasca, Illinois. Really, really, really good beer. And that's where we had my daughter's first birthday party. Yes. She, she's turning one years old this week and you know, she's not going to remember it. And so they, uh, the food was fantastic. The beer was fantastic. The atmosphere was fantastic. Church street brewing. Just awesome. Awesome. Loved it. That is a great place, man. Well done. And happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. <laughs> my, my daughter is about to be one years old. It's, it's, that's it's awesome. Kind of, it's kind of, and we're about to take her on an airplane this week. I am terrified download all of the cartoons all of them <laughs> your phone yeah we're, we're, we're can, going to can babies have nyquil <laughs> i don't that's a gray area that i don't want to discuss <laughs> on this podcast we'll chat <laughs> offline ryan <laughs> all right so folks we know you can get your bears content anywhere you can listen to a million different bears podcasts but you're listening to this one we cannot thank you enough for brendan chagru patrick sheldon Jack Wright, Logan Bradley. I'm Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so very much for listening. If you have liked what you heard, please share it with a Bears fan. Like, subscribe, whatever you can. We would appreciate it more than we can say. For all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, thank you so much, folks. And as always, Bear Down Chicago. Chicago.